0: To childish behavior, the spaz misadventures of two family pastors. <laughs> you ready?
1: We've been working with these kids for a long, long
0: time. We may or may not have lost our mind. We like to talk from time to time, make you laugh a little bit and expand your mind. Keep on keeping on, take a deep breath. Now come on, let's shine. Let's come together, we can run this race. Fight and talk about the battles we face. Show the love of God to the very end. Always remember, stay childish, my friend.
2: Welcome to Child's Paper. This is the Mythical Adventures of Two fantastic Family Pastors. This is Aaron. Um, Rick is somewhere around about in these parts. Uh, today we're going to be talking with an awesome couple that, that is part of the Word in Worship, is what y'all, what y'all call y'all's ministry, right? Yes. Could y'all tell us a little more about yourselves and that ministry, and what exactly y'all do?
3: Yeah, well, my name is Jonathan, and this is my wife. I'm Emily. And um, we uh, we have a full-time music ministry together called The Word in Worship. Um, we're basically uh, just a singing, singer-songwriter duo Um that also leads worship, but mainly we, we write songs. Um, and our passion is that we write songs full of God's word because, uh, we love God's word. We believe not only that it's 100% true, but that it's also beautiful, powerful, life-giving and helpful. And so we live in Nashville and we've been, uh, doing traveling music ministry almost the last 10 years. Um, we have two kids that travel with us and yeah, that's pretty much what we do.
2: And what, what I think is really cool is, is something else y'all do. And y'all do the word in worship families and y'all do like a devotional with it and all kinds of cool stuff. Y'all, which is kind of why I wanted to make sure to have y'all on because what, what kind of family ministry podcast it would it be if we just ignored somebody who does a worship thing based around the family? Yeah. We're
3: uh, really excited about that because yeah, we just launched a, uh, a few months ago, actually, a branch to our ministry called Word and Worship Families, um, where um, just with us having two kids, and then we've we've gotten to do a lot with both adults and then a lot with kids over the years in regards to music and leading worship, and um, our hearts have just grown. Um, with a desire to, to see families worship together because a lot of times kids and, and parents are really segregated, um, mm-hmm. in a lot of our ministries and we just think it's really important for kids to see their parents worshiping God and to learn from them in that. And then we also just think it's really good and important for parents to see their kids worshiping God too, because I think there's a lot we can learn from them as well. And so we, uh, recently, um, Launched Word and Worship Families. We're in the middle of, of writing an album. We're gonna be uh, doing some family worship night events starting in March of 2020.
2: It is so cool, and which these are events that you know people if they want to they want to have an event like that, all they got to do is they can go on y'all's uh, website, which is thewordinworship.com. Uh, dot com. They can they can book y'all to come to your church and have that special time of worship where the whole family comes together, and and which I think is something really cool, something that I've I've talked about doing here a couple times. And then it was worked out that y'all actually are going to come to our church and and kind of lead a morning worship for us, which is kind of really cool. Um, But to impact the family in that way is just so cool. How did God lead y'all to where y'all are currently?
4: Into this music ministry in general or into leading for families?
2: Let's go with
4: both. Well, I tend to be the more long winded one, but <laughs> the short version is that Jonathan and I, uh, we both met at Belmont University in Nashville um, oh, cool. as vocal majors, and both came in with just as believers, but with different directions that we thought we might want to go. But as the Lord had it, uh, we met and uh, God gathered us together with a group of friends that just really loved uh, diving into God's word. And and we started writing music together and um, God just, it was just kind of just what he was doing in our group of friends. We started writing songs out of what he was teaching us in his word. And uh, when we graduated from college, uh, us and that group of friends traveled for the first three years of Jonathan and I's marriage uh, full time, just taking up love offerings and traveling to Churchill traveling to churches all over the country, sharing these songs. Um, and that's what our ministry, the word and worship really kind of branched out from once we all started having kids and going into different seasons. Um, Jonathan and I just continue to feel really passionate about putting the word into song. Um, in a way that was not so much word for word, but in a way that uh, just refreshed the people of God to see that God's word is alive and active and impacting every part of our lives. Um, And so we've continued to do that as a couple the last seven years. Um, As far as family worship goes, it's kind of a a fun story because we hadn't really led for kids uh, much at all until about four-ish years ago, right when we had our son Judah, we've got a six-year-old. Um, I had done some things for like preschool, Mother's Day Out programs, mm-hmm. but Lifeway has a kids camp in the summer called Centric Kid, and yeah. uh, we were leading worship for a church one weekend, and their children's pastor was like, I think you would be great for Centric Kid camps, and do you lead for kids? You guys are short and cute and seem like he <laughs> would be good at leading yeah. worship for children, and we're That's like, funny. well that sounds awesome. We would love to find out more. And so we spent a summer leading worship for Kid Camps, third through sixth graders, and fell in love with it. And that has been what we do every summer for the last uh, five summers now. Um, And during those summers, and just as well as being parents and just kind of wading into the waters of discipleship with our own kids, uh, God just really started forming a new dream in our hearts of, hey, what, what could it look like to make music that's not um, specifically for adults or specifically for kids, but songs that are meant to uh, be sung by everyone intentionally um, and to make resources for, for adults and parents and kids to sing together and to dig into the word together.
3: Really, just to um, encourage discipleship in the home,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, I think is I love that. I mean,
2: that's that's my heart for ministry right there. That's what spoke to me when I heard y'all were doing this. Was was that that's my heart for ministry? Is it the home has to be the cornerstone of of teaching for as far as ministry goes? Of you know that's that's where the most teaching should happen.
3: Period. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, I I said the other day I've been amazed as a parent. Um, I have so many more successful conversations, spiritual conversations with my kids. It's spiritual or just educational, whether it's the ABCs or a Bible verse where you need to remember in a discipline moment. I've been amazed how much we use songs um, to just recall truth with our kids. Um, and whether it is something that's, you know, a silly song for math or the ABCs or whether it's something deeper um, from a song that we're learning together about repentance or kindness. Um, I've been amazed as a parent how much we're using music in our home for teaching and just helping our kids own some of the deeper truths of our faith.
2: It's so special when you can. That's what I think is, is so hard for me in a, as a faith pastor myself is, is knowing how special it is to minister to to my own kids and to see that parents just get scared and run away from it quite often and it's so special to see that that light bulb moment in a child where or whether it is singing a song or whatever it is that that they start repeating something that you're teaching them is so cool
4: yeah it's really been beautiful i uh we homeschool and one term that I've really loved that's encouraged me in this, because I think so many parents with the thought of like family worship or or worshiping together, singing together, opening the word together, so many of us just feel disqualified. I mean, Jonathan and I oh, yeah. are in ministry and we feel disqualified. We're like, should we need a seminary degree to do this? And um I have been really encouraged by uh, the term lead learner um, in the homeschooling community because so many homeschool groups just encourage parents to say, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to know everything at all times to teach your kid. You just, you learn with them, be the lead learner, right. enjoy learning together. And that attitude has really helped me uh, in discipleship, just as we're reading the Bible together and um, singing songs together.
2: It's it's so special. Now, now, as a as a as a proponent of family worship, like like y'all are, is there a special time, like in y'all's own household, where y'all just say, "Hey, we're gonna worship right now." You know, you ever do, like like we occasionally, like I try once a month we'll have because we do a devotional time where we set the dinner table. So once a month, we'll we'll s- scratch the devotional, uh, not 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 do me- <laughs> devotional. But we'll focus more on the worship aspect of 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 praying and singing and and praising his name through 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 those things, and we'll still do our of course you still worship as you as you do your devotional times stuff like that, but we focus more on those aspects of of presenting it. Do you all do that?
3: yeah, I mean we feel like we're constantly trying to learn how to uh just yeah engage in learning about god and singing together as a family um it's still kind of new a new thing for us but we with our life and our schedule um it it works for us to be able to do that together in the morning so um so it's definitely not every morning by any stretch but
2: oh trust me we, we we miss a few ourselves
3: God's Word, we're going through a devotional book together as a family, and then um, we try to sing a song. It ends up being more of a dance party than a real (laughs) singing, Um, and we try to just pray together. Um, And uh, we just, we feel like we're still just learning how to do that Um, for us because of our travel and because a lot of our things we do as musicians end up being at night. Um, I think a lot of families end up doing that together at night because that's when they're more together, but for us, we just happen to be together more in the mornings. Oh, one resource we've
4: really loved is Donald Whitney's book Family Worship. Um it's one that we we've, we've read recently. It's really short and easy and he really kind of breaks down family worship into read, pray and sing. Um you know, we're you know musical people, but it's surprising how even even if you are musical, like we didn't have a uh, worship times set in our family until pretty recently that were regular. Um, I think just with anything else important, you have to plan it. And so um, we've just started planning as often as we can, 10 to 15 minutes in the morning to just like Jonathan said, open the next chapter of our book pray, just respond in prayer to what we learned about God. And then we either just like walk through, we pick a a song for the entire month that we just do a verse a week and we just do it every day and turn on the phone and have a dance party. Or sometimes I'll read a book and and we'll just think, oh man, that makes me think of everlasting God. Let's sing that song today. Um, And it just gives us an opportunity to come together as often as we can and do those three things um, and just respond to God's word in prayer and in song
2: pride for years and this this is me me being uh completely uh, honest as a somebody ministry myself is we we try and you know it comes and goes sometimes you're like oh we need to do this and we keep putting it off ah. Uh, um but having that constantly it, it builds up your whole family it's, it's super special when you can when you can do it and you can get it right and you can and there's moments we all fail and i mean there's plenty there's been we've gone weeks without doing any devotional time in our house as a group. You know, we do our personal stuff and we are like, Oh, we've gotten so behind because kids were playing this sport or doing that. And we're like, ah, oh, I gotta get back together. So I, I love hearing the, the truth in, in reality of, of, of ministry and how it works from y'all's hearts. Um, which was kind of special when y'all, the first time y'all came here, first time I met y'all and stuff and seeing y'all's kids and, and I like, think, they went one of them went upstairs your oldest thing went upstairs with with us or something like that i don't remember the exact thing a little nervous at first but they ended up going upstairs (laughs) if i remember correctly um and had a great time but it was it was just really cool to see y'all's heart and you know and and hear y'all sing and stuff it's very very beautiful i think there's no other word for it than that it was it was was a beautiful time it was very very sweet and and sincere and that's what I, there's a lot of music out there that, to me, it's uh, it's it's made for somebody to buy. If that makes sense. Uh, and there's music that's actually from the heart, and that's what I kind of got from from y'all. Is y'all y'all very much where you're where you put your heart out there, which is super special when it comes to worship and to encourage families in worshiping. Um, I think y'all are the perfect people to to. Push that forward, and I think it's awesome what y'all are doing with, with the Word in Worship Families and stuff, and I'm definitely paying attention. I hope our listeners are paying attention. Um, now, this is childish behavior, so we have we can't keep everything completely, uh, <laughs> completely serious, but I want to ask one more serious question uh, from y'all, and then uh, I'm going to have to ask you the childish question. I love it. Bring it. And so it's going, it's going to be awesome. Um, now, my serious question, you know, being that, that we, the whole point of childish behavior is, is for one, to let people in ministry, let their hair down. But for two, it's, is to encourage those in ministry. And so if you had a, if you all two had a word of advice for somebody in ministry right now, what would it be?
4: I mean, and, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, I just think the biggest struggle when you're in ministry is to just always remember that your times in ministering to others, though the Lord totally speaks through so many things, just is never a substitute for time alone with him. Um, and I think that that's just something that, you know, we're always coming back to, um, just making sure that we're spending personal time alone with the Lord. Um, to just receive from him before we go pour out. Um, And just kind of like you said, with family worship, there are weeks that are crazy and it just isn't ideal. Um, But just continuing to come back to that well is um, definitely the most important thing. uh, And the only, only way to truly be refreshed and to be a refreshment to others.
3: Yeah. I would probably just echo what Emily is saying, just that um, our work for the Lord doesn't uh, replace our relationship with him. And I grew up in a ministry family and kind of just saw firsthand um, just how uh, when we do good, good, even good ministry, it can sometimes distract us um, or take us away from our relationship with the Lord. And um, my dad has um, kind of walked away from the faith since I've been a kid. And so I've just been really aware of for myself making sure to guard my time with the Lord and go, guard my relationship with the Lord and, and not kind of substitute for the work that I do for the Lord.
2: It's very good. It's, it's, it's going to be hard sometimes when, when people are close to kind of walk away and stuff. It's hard to stay firm. And it's, it's oh, I cannot imagine yeah, yeah. how hard that is. Um, you, you, you threw me off. I'm trying to get into a funny question. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> Sorry, <man>. So, so <laughs> heartwarming and serious um, that I don't want to let go of. Um, but it's it's special, um, for me, it was the other way around. It was, is staying firm when nobody believed in my own household. So yeah. it was, it was oh. as, as a sense of encouragement to you is, as you, you stay firm and you keep praying for those people, mm-hmm. um, in hopes that they will one day come back, you know, and that's, that's, that's kind of where you have to live sometimes. Um, you know, I was, in my own growing up, in my own household, I was the only one going to church. You know, I, I had cousins. Everybody just thought I was a crazy person. And now they're all, <laughs> you know, most of them are going to church now. You know, and they call me and say, "I did this today." And I maybe one of the, one of my cousins was telling me how he he he's t- they maybe uh prepping him to become a deacon and stuff. Like that. I'm like, cool, <laughs> awesome. Where before he was somebody that drank all the time and didn't was never in church, wouldn't have darkened the door of a church, you know, and it's just, it's special how God can do things that we think can't be done. So, yeah, I'm going to be praying for you in that, in that moment. Um, Thanks, man. uh, And also, I'm still very excited and can't wait for y'all to come here. It's going to be special. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Hope you got some cool Christmas music ready. We,
3: we are working on it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, i'm super excited it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um that's gonna be one sunday that the our kids because we always go up for children's church and we we stay for worship but uh sometimes i miss that we don't get all the worship we stay for most of it and then go up because we leave during the offering but we may have to stay down for all the worship this time and then go up yes so we would love that be, it will be great
5: Now, let's pause for a childish behavior commercial break.
2: You, my dear friends, can get lead volunteers (laughs) today. That's leadvolunteers.com, or you can go to the Childish Behavior Ministries site, go to the bottom of the page, click the lead volunteers link. It's going to be epic, and you too can learn how to better lead volunteers. What is this? What? What do you want? You're gonna read what? What? What is this? This is, this is an ad. Don't we have enough ads already? Uh, whatever. I'll read it, but I'm gonna hate it already. I'm just gonna tell you that I'm gonna hate it. Um, wait, what does this say? Is this? Are you serious? We have a merch site now. Like, like we can get shirts and like a hoodie or a hat uh, what about what about like a, a button? I can get a button too. It's pretty epic. I like buttons. So, you want me to plug our merch site. And tell, tell everybody here that we, if they go over to
6: ChildishBehaviorMinistries.com, which is, our, which is our new website
2: we just opened up, and they click the button on the front page that says Childish Behavior Merch, they're going to take them to our merch website and they can get them some Childish Behavior Merch. That's what you want me to tell them. That's it. Nothing. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm gonna tell this. Are we making anything off this? Are this like a, everything else we do, where we are literally just, we're basically just breaking even. We're breaking even again. So why are we doing it? Oh, okay, okay. So people can promote childish behavior, and so so that we can we can ex- we can spread our focus and reach reach new people and and let them know about childish behavior podcast so that they too can enjoy this content and they can be uplifted through the crazy
6: antics that is Childish Behavior. You know what? I'll do it. I don't hate it completely, and I'm sorry. So, as I already said, you've already heard, go to ChildishBehaviorMinistries.com, click the button, get your Childish Behavior swag on. This has been Aaron. LATES!
0: Today's episode is brought to you by The Praise Taser. Do you find yourself having worship every Sunday or Wednesday night and there's a few students and maybe even a few leaders leaning against the wall, talking to their neighbor, laying flat on their back like they're taking a nap or playing Angry Birds on their phone? Is that even popular anymore? Well... We're gonna solve your problem. We want to give people a healthy nudge in the right direction. What we do is we use a non-lethal electrical pulse to turn their frown upside down and to let them know it's not time to talk right now. If you call now in the next 60 seconds, we will send you a free senior Pastor, Praise, Taser, Caller for when your pastor exceeds a reasonable time limit. <gasps> Call now. Operators are standing by. The number is one 800 one 800 555 Hashtag Derp75 Again, that number was one 800 one 800 555 Hashtag Derp75 Changing lives, one worship service at a time.
6: Hey, have you ever gone to one of those holiday parties with really gross food? Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't even know why they put the cranberries in that. But you have some coworker or some some aunt or somebody that invites you over and you're just like, oh fine, I'll go because you don't want to make anybody feel bad. And you show up there and you, you suffer through some disgusting food they keep putting on your plate. And you're like, why for you? We call it the Swelly, the swelly belly, belly, belly Holiday Fanny Pack. It's a fanny pack that looks like your belly. You can get it in multiple skin tones so it matches all shades and sizes. You put it underneath your shirt. That way it looks like you get a little fat as time goes on. We got a little tube and you put your food in the tube and it goes down to the pack. No one's the wiser. And it looks like you just ate all this disgusting food that you never intended to eat. Why don't we ask one of our fine users of the uh, Swelly Belly. What did you think of the Swelly Belly, sir? I don't even know why I'm here. Who are you? Um, anyways, you hurry up right now. We're gonna throw in a fanny pack backpack. Anything extra will go into the backpack. It's pretty pretty neat. Uh, you gotta be really careful with that one though, because it's kind of obvious when you're walking around the house wearing a backpack.
0: Call now. Operators are standing by. The number is one eight hundred one eight hundred one eight 555 Hashtag derp seventy five. Again. That number was one eight hundred one eight hundred one eight 555
3: hashtag dirt seventy five.
6: But whatever, happy holidays. Bye. Now back to our show.
5: The childish, the childish question, question of the, of the day. day.
2: Now, I think th- I think this question's funny. At um, least like it has potential to be funny. Uh, being that y'all travel a lot, y'all probably have seen some of these. But what is the best Wi-Fi name you've seen?
3: Oh, best Wi-Fi oh. name. Yeah. I see. Good. Um, I mean, the whole... I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but the FBI surveillance van wi-fi name that's really funny to me <laughs> that's good. a pretty good one i've seen that several times can you think of any other ones i
4: can't th- i can't remember any of them
3: like i think i've seen one that said like this is not your wi-fi that I see, was pretty yes. funny too that's pretty that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty great it's pretty uh Aggressive, you know, like they're they're not being passive at all. They're like, yes. <laughs> yes.
2: stay off. You don't have life. to
3: wonder what they're thinking.
2: I hooked in a new router recently, and you can actually it tells you when somebody <laughs> logs on. So I don't even have to. I could just say, just I could probably just put my password on there and just bump people off and call it a day. That's awesome. Which would be epic. I was not rude like that though. <laughs> this is not your Wi-Fi. This is not yours. Leave now. (laughs) That wasn't, the question wasn't as as exciting as I hoped it was. Um, We can also ask, is uh, is a hot dog a sandwich?
3: No. What?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what would it be if it's not a sandwich?
3: Oh. What would pizza be (laughs) if it's not a sandwich? Well, there's
4: two sides of bread. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think I would have ever called it a sandwich, sandwich? but I don't know what else I would call
2: This it a sandwich?
4: It's more of a... It's more of a Burrito is
2: only one
3: piece of bread, though. I'm going to
4: say a hot dog is more of a fluffy taco. A
3: hot dog is only one piece of bread. It's all connected. Okay, uh, taco. It's sometimes. a fluffy
4: taco.
2: Sometimes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. think it would be some more similar to a taco than a sandwich. Okay. Like an American taco.
2: All right. I'm going to ask you one more. Is cereal soup, then?
3: Oh. Mm. Good question, because I did eat tomato basil soup. The other day, and I put a whole bunch of little tiny crackers in it, and my, my son thought it was gross. And I was like, it's just like cereal. Like, that literally happened yesterday.
4: See? see. I think it depends, though. Because with soup, you know, the liquid is, like, the most important part. But with cereal, it's the other way around. Oh. So I would say cereal's more like cereal with, like, gravy.
2: <laughs> so, So what you're saying is the milk is the soup, and we're basically putting crackers in it.
4: That's what Jonathan's saying, but I would say with soup you're more excited about the soup than you are the crackers. But with cereal and milk, I'm more excited about the cereal than I am the milk.
2: I don't know. I like crackers.
4: Yeah. Well <laughs> we <can> disagree.
2: <laughs> All right. Well that that was that was fun. Um I enjoyed having y'all on. That that was, was that honest. It was pretty easy, right? It was pretty easy. We didn't uh we didn't kill anything yet, so we're, we're good.
3: Positive.
2: Um, it's usually a lot more entertaining when it's me and Rick because we will banter quite often back and forth. <laughs> our ADHD will will tap in and we'll go off into some mystical direction, um, <laughs> and it's it's always fun.
1: Out of the canon. Bada bing, bada boom, childish behavior still in your room, and welcome to another edition of Out of the Canon with your host, Matt Cannon. That's me. So we're gonna get right into it. Here are some tips for parent-child communication. Now there's an old expression, do what I say, not what I do. Now, does that really work? In my opinion, kids follow more of what you do than what you say. This reminds me of the old country song. I believe it came out in around the year 2011 by an artist named Rodney Atkins. The song was called Watching You. If you're curious about what this song is, go take a listen. I'm not trying to plug this. He's not giving me money to plug it. Just go listen to it. Now, overcommunication is key here. Children don't say, Dad, Mom, I've had a hard day. Can we talk? They say, Hey, will you come and play with me? Now, I'm going to say that again. Children don't say, Dad, Mom, I've had a really, really hard day. Can we just sit down and talk? They say something like, Will you come and play with me? Now, that really hits home, right? So here are some ways to help with greater communication with your kiddos, your teens, your kids who think they're adults, your teenagers who think they're adults. Uh, Number one is talking during the in-betweens. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what does that mean? What were you doing the last time you had a good conversation with your kid or kids? I think I may know the answer. You were probably walking or driving to school, baking something together, bath time, and of course, the infamous bedtime where you're like, just go to sleep. These times and activities, they will loosen their tongues because parents and children aren't looking directly at each other, giving each other the death stare. In fact, we're in a parallel position. Most of us think talking is supposed to be about relating deeply, but kids actually open up in the middle of doing other things during what I refer to and what other people refer to as the in-betweens of life because it's more of a safer environment. They don't feel as judged. They don't feel like you're going to get on to them as much because it's nonchalantly being done. Number two is to create talking rituals now i'm not talking about sitting on the floor and singing kumbaya or putting your hands together and meditating what i'm talking about when i say creating talking rituals is observe your child's conversation style you've heard about learning or attentional styles but our kids have are they're basically hardwired conversation styles that don't change much now when i say that if you have one kid this may not really go with you but if you have multiple kids this will make sense um One of your kids may be a lively morning talker, a morning person. The other is probably barely human before the bus arrives or it's time to go to school. I always joke and say, my kids are like a sloth and a turtle in a race. But after school, it's a no-holds-barred banter. Then you may have another kid that likes to go back and forth a lot, another kid that's at a slower pace. Or if you have a third kid, a fourth kid, or a fifth kid, you have one that cannot tolerate questions and they get mad and they go, oh, why do you always 20 question me? The key to openness is not is not change what is unchangeable, but instead to respect natural times and ways of talking. Build what we call talking rituals around them. Now, this the time on this can depend on your kid. You know your kid. It could be a 15-minute driving together or downtime. You know, maybe you like to go walking the track. Maybe you just like to chill on the couch. Maybe you want to go get a milkshake. You know your kids. You know their time limit. I say their time limit is their age. So if they're seven, seven minutes. If they're five, you don't have a 20-minute conversation with them because they've done zoned out and they're thinking about what they're going to eat and what they're going to play with in five minutes number three would be this be a real person you're probably scratching your head saying i am a real person i'm not an alien i'm not a human i'm not a robot but be a real person Respond to your child with real emotion. Now, that does not mean cry at the drop of a hat. Don't go over the top with your reactions, but then don't become a therapist and say, sit down on this couch, I'm going to write stuff about you. Nodding your head, naming feelings, or reflecting back is terrific when kids are extremely young or upset or sick or even scared. But for the everyday tracking, we need to stay in touch with their lives. Is it far better to respond like an actual person? For example, and these are just random names I'm shooting out. Are you kidding me, Michael? What did you just do to Steve? Or you could go, I love what you said to Jenny. That really touches my heart. After all, don't genuine responses make you want to share more too? When you think about that, when it's genuine, when your kids are seeing you are being real, you're being transparent, they will wanna come to you with things that they need, questions they may have, you know, when life hits tough. The next one's number four is encourage emotional literacy. Help your kids tell the story. We focus so much on academics, you know. I personally hated school growing up. Uh, My kids love it. It's the craziest thing, you know. Um, But our kids also need to be emotionally literate. They need to be able to tell a story from the beginning to the end. Now, will their stories go off on crazy rabbit trails? Yeah, probably their kids. Uh, Problems are better solved when one can articulate them to another person and people find solutions together. I know kids take really, 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 really long to get to the point and schedules must be followed. But slow down for maybe two minutes and ask action questions. For example, one of the action questions you can ask is, who was there? Why did they say that? What happened next? Are you sure that really happened? Um, This helps your child feel heard and shown that you are really interested in the whole story. Now, love is focused interest, and it's been said that our kids can tell when you're interested in a story. Now, um, my six-year-old, not my six-year-old, he is five, sorry, he's going to be six in May. But my five-year-old said to me, I want your undivided attention, Dad. Now, what does that mean? And I couldn't figure it out because no one was around, it was just me and him. And then he replied, not thinking about 50 things at once. And it hit me really hard because I'm like, I've done this to my kid and he's seen me do it. And now he's flipping the script and putting it back on me. And it really made me think he even took his finger and touched my chin and said, dad, look me in the eyes. So I know you're listening. And it was like an aha moment, like, uh Oh, and then aha as in, he gets it. I get it. It makes sense. Number five is this details matter. Be detail oriented to the key. Be detail-oriented to a point, 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 point. Pay attention to the superficial. Here's an example. You lost quarters under the vending machine, did you? Uh, What year were they? That often leads to the real scoop. And now a kid may say, now I was at the vending machine because I didn't want anybody to talk to me at lunch. Um, The trivial is where the kids live. They get scared off when we dwell for deeper feelings such as, how did that make you feel? So commit to the superficial, and more often, not to the trivial, uh, will lead to what's really going on. No kid wants to feel singled out, but you want to make them feel like you're really listening, you really care, and you show them that details matter and help to figure out a situation, a problem that may occur in the future. Number six is this. You count, too. Um, you yourself will count. Don't discredit yourself. Um, this is big in a child center in our child center worlds um talk about yourself if you want your kids to talk about themselves now don't get up and go now son i woke up this morning i brushed my teeth then i combed my hair then i went and made coffee on the keurig then i put my left sock on then my right sock on no that's not what i'm talking about talk about yourself if you want your kids to talk about themselves do you want your kids to tell you everything they did from 6 a.m till they go to bed no Um, Your child will interrupt, and I guarantee you (laughs) that you probably won't get to the end of your story. Um, For example, we were in the car the other day, and my son, who is five, not six, he's five, he raised his hand. He wanted to say something, and I said to him, hey, can you wait until I'm done with this conversation, unless it's really, really die-hard-need important? Well, he raised his hand, and I'm like, this must be really, really important. He raised his hand and says, hey, how do you spell blah, blah, blah? And that wasn't important to me, but to him, it was super important. Now, the reason it's such a conversation trigger is that when you talk about yourself, it reminds your kids about things in their distant memory, maybe from three hours earlier. For example, if you say, I had an argument with a friend at work, your kid might say with a response of, I had a fight with uh, Jenny in the gym. As a special note about dinnertime, uh Grill the food, not your kids. You know, no kid wants to be grilled with 20,000 questions. Um, Endless queries such as, how was your school? How was school today? Are You know, they're great conversation busters or starters. Um, As a teenager once told me one time, this was a couple years ago, it feels like I have to produce my day all over again at dinner. I don't want to do that. Now, if you have a teenager, you know what I'm talking about. Some days you can read your teenager, some days you can't, and you're just like, God help me, and your prayer life is ample, amped up like a million times better. If you if you if you listen to this and you agree with this, say amen, amen, there we go. And the final tip is give advice. It's hard to believe that we are now in the 21st century, but every age really craves direction. After all, after you've responded, then discuss together how your kid or kids may handle the situation differently next time. Now, this is the 21st century and kids you know, you want to give an iPad. They want an Apple watch. They want a smartphone. They want all the tech that most little kids are way smarter than us as adults. Um, try not to lecture, pay attention to those subtle signals of what's going on too long. Keep it short and use your life wisdom as a guide. Now don't say when I was your age, I walked to school 15 miles barefoot in the snow. No, don't do that. Let them know that they matter, that they care, that your advice matters. And, you know, let them know that they matter. Um, you know, here's the thing, you can't be with your kids all the times. So you can do all you can, as much as you can. So, we appreciate you guys. Hopefully, some of this advice helps. This has been another edition of Out of the Canon with your host, Matt Cannon. That's me. And remember, folks, listeners, stay childish.
5: Hey, everybody. It's Josh Denhart with today's Leadership Tip of the Day. Now, there is a research group. And their name is the Independent Sector. On April 11th, 2019, the research group Independent Sector published a finding that caught my attention. They placed an hourly rate, an average hourly rate for a volunteer hour. And they, they, they placed a numeric value on this. Of course, they, they did some research in Alabama and Oregon and New York and New Jersey. And they found out like the jobs that people were doing in those areas what they would bill out as if they weren't a volunteer and then they came up with a national average and that national average for a for one hour of volunteer work was $25.43 now consider with me the potential cost of one sunday morning if our volunteers were billed out at $25.43 an hour now i've said it before and i'm gonna say it again the church will never be able to hire out for all of the roles that it will need. And guess what? It shouldn't. What I am suggesting is this. We as pastors, our highest job, our our best use is to be a disciple maker. And for me, a big shift took place when I began to see my role, not as a slot filler, but as a disciple maker. And as I began to enlist people to serve, I was realizing that I was not going to pay them in dollars and cents, what I was going to do was I was going to be investing in them so that they would grow in the kingdom of God. Now listen, I get it. Volunteers provide real value to the church. I'm talking dollar value. I mean, like, do the math just for a second. If you were all of a sudden to pay out every volunteer, 25 plus dollars an hour, it would completely extinguish and deplete our budgets. The point isn't what they're worth if they were to bill out. I I guess there's two things. One, I want to see them as providing value and then take care of them for the value that they're bringing. That's important. But also, I want us to never forget that the value that we can provide them can surpass some Measly twenty-five dollars an hour. What I can provide for them is personal growth as a Christian through volunteering, and I gotta tell you, that is priceless. Listen, my name is Josh, and I created a resource called Lead Volunteers, and it's a comprehensive download system and master course to help you, the ministry leader, recruit, train, and retain volunteers, and help you prevent burnout. Listen. You need help. We are here to help.
0: Check us out on Facebook at Childish Behavior Podcast. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out at www.childishbehaviorministry.com. We have a merch page and all the proceeds of what we make off of that goes back into this ministry just know that uh, we do it because we want to be able to do more of this hey why i got you guys i just want you to remember that caring is sharing share our podcast with your friends your neighbors your dogs cats whatever we don't care share this podcast and get the world out about childish behavior if you could uh, please go on your app of choice whatever you use Apple iTunes Spotify whatever and if you could like uh, subscribe give us five stars if you feel generous and leave a review you will be put in the running each week that we podcast we will go to that list We'll put the names in a a hat or put you on one of our magical spinning wheels and we'll choose you that way. Uh, So the chances right now for you to win are amazing. So please, 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 if you can help us with that, it helps us get into more ear holes and for more people to hear about us. Have a great day and thank you in advance.
4: This is Jonathan and Emily Martin with Rick and Aaron on childish behavior. Stay childish. Stay childish,
0: Stay
2: childish my
0: friend.